Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, thanks for joining me here on the Do Business Better podcast. Got a great show for you today. We're talking with my banker. That's right. You know, if you've read my book, Do Business Better, you know I have a whole chapter devoted to money, and I also talk about borrowing money. I talk about ways to borrow money. I talk about the evils of vulture capitalists. I talk about, uh, you know, everything from payday loans to uh, dealing with big banks. I don't deal with large banks so much anymore. I deal with a community bank. This is a guy that's going to join us who is my banker. His name is Michael Zahn. He is a friend of mine since kindergarten and from my hometown just like me. I started banking with him about, uh, I don't know, five or ten years ago, and it's been very pleasant. I thought, you know what? Why don't you come on the podcast, Mr. Zahn, and share with my listeners what they can do better to have a better banking relationship, to prosper, and use money from their banking relationship to make their businesses thrive. So anyway, welcome to the show. It's Michael Zahn. Damien, thank you for having me on today. Greatly appreciate the opportunity to meet with you. All right. You're the president and CEO of First Federal Bank in my hometown of Huntington, Indiana. And again, I, I have utilized your services. I'm sitting in your office right now. What do people need to understand? Because, uh, I mean, it's kind of intimidating. Some people go to their bank and they, you know, they, they, are, they have a, a restaurant. They have a cement company. They get intimidated about dealing with the bank because it's a little bit foreign to them. You know, folks aren't always comfortable with money stuff. You're a money guy. What do they need to know about your position? I think uh, with any business, it's important that you build or establish in a relationship with a financial institution. You know, if, if your bank isn't a tool for you to help you be successful, then it's not the right tool for you. Uh, we pride ourselves to be in the relationship business. We're not necessarily in the, in the money lending business or collecting deposit business. Uh, there, there's a uh, no shortage of competition out there just in that uh, arena. We, we really pride ourselves on, on building that relationship, and that's where it can add value to your listeners. Yeah, so that's, that's a, you know, I even point out in my book that uh, I've done business with Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all those uh, large institutions, and I'm happy to do business with a community bank because I think there is a relationship factor to it. You know, money is most, the most fungible, the most, the dollar bill is about as the purest commodity that there is on earth. I can call up LendingTree or any one of the online lenders and, and uh, get money. So what's, what's your role? Your role is that you are there from a community standpoint, but you're also there from a relationship standpoint that I don't have with LendingTree. Well, I think it's from beginning to end, right? We call it the cradle to grave factor. Uh, people generally don't need banks uh, when they have plenty of money laying around uh, and, and things are going well. Where that relationship adds value is when things start to turn, when the economy starts to turn a little bit, when you need some advice, some direction on uh, how to plan for the next 12 months. Uh, and, you know, generally with a relationship with a community bank, um, when the first signs of trouble appear, you're not seeing them pull the rug out from under you and, and, and uh, kick you to the curb because there is that relationship. Right. Okay. The, uh, the, the problems that you see, what do people get wrong? I mean, let's, let's admit it. There's, there's even successful business people, you know, the guy and wife out here, they've got uh, seven dry cleaners and they work all the time and they make good money, but that doesn't mean they're good with money. What mistakes do these people make that you see? Well, I think understanding your financial position, uh, you know, you mentioned the dry cleaner, they do a great job of what they know. 
and and that is managing a dry cleaner. You know, but then they make the decision, well, if we're doing it this well with seven, why not 15? Uh, and then numbers come into play a little bit. And that's where you need some direction. If you talk about the entrepreneur who's just starting a business and, and they're really passionate about, say, getting into the restaurant business because they love to cook or uh, they want to start a truck driving business because they want to be on the road and they're passionate about seeing the world. Well, sometimes they're 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 passion and their their love and their focus is on the occupation and not how to get there and whether or not it makes sense so if you're operating seven locations and losing money then you know sometimes i think well if i open up seven more um right, right. i'll make make twice as much but in some situations they'll lose it twice as fast yeah in my business they talk about okay dairy is really down right now so i used to be a dairy farmer they say yeah well we're losing we're losing uh, ten dollars per cow per day right now well, what are you gonna do well we're gonna increase the herds like what what the hell is that <laughs> just right, right uh yeah so i've got seven direct cleaners let's go to 14 and that way we can lose even more. Okay, so you see mistakes like that, and then they probably, you know, the, the average business person, and I'm one of them, I get mad. I used to get mad because when I was starting out, I couldn't get money lended to me, loaned to me. And so I never really thought about things from your perspective. But you don't just, you know, you're not sitting in here spinning your web. It's not like Mr. Potter in uh, It's a Wonderful Life where you just assume that people are going to come crawling to you. You want these businesses to prosper because it's good for you. What do the folks not know about your position? Well, I, I think... Uh there might be a misunderstanding about banks are, are working against you know the, the the population. We always want to say no, and and it's, it's easier for us to say if you come in and say I want to borrow five hundred thousand dollars. Well, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you know. As you mentioned, we only make money by loaning money out and collecting deposits. And so we want to make you as successful as possible because the more successful you are, the more successful we will be across the board. So rather than look at it as an adversarial relationship, which isn't what it should be, you against the bank or the business against the bank, you know, we're a business partner. And if we can't be a good business partner, there's somebody out there that will be. Yeah. Now, you have a lot of competition. And I've said things about large banks. And obviously, you are a community bank. You 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 sell that. That's what your unique positioning is. And then there's credit unions. There's uh, you know private lending and all this. What's changing about your business that you see happening as a 50-year-old guy that's been in this since you were, what, 25 or 30? what, what do you see now that you didn't see 5, 10, 15 years ago? Well, it's very competitive. You know, no, no shortage of, of other lenders within a, you know, a five iron, well, maybe a three iron from my location uh, that, that are out there right now. The, the advances in technology, you know, you didn't have the rocket mortgages and the lending trees. You know, the mortgage business was a, a, a bank driven product that now I'm, I'm assuming uh, last numbers at least more than half of it's done online and so you're, you're seeing some things where fintech uh, a lot of technology coming into play and you have choices you either you either uh, continue to keep up and invest a lot of money in it as you move forward or you try to find niches that that differentiate you from the big banks the big banks are great they, they add a lot of value uh, for what they do uh, in our system um, the 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 rock mortgages add value and, and and there's nothing wrong with having good competition to make sure rates are fair and products are available to to the population but you just have to adapt look for opportunities and create that niche and for us being a community bank being engaged and and a part in a, of that crucial fabric of uh, the communities we operate is very important to us and that's how we try to differentiate ourselves from others you guys have been around for 100 years, uh, so are you going to be here 100 years from now? 
you never know. You know, things change. Uh, the buggy whips and everything else uh, come and go in, in time. You'd like to think we have some longevity, but uh, the way people handle their finan- finances are different. And if we choose to not adapt, and it's different from when I started in 1996, 97, things are significantly different on uh, delivery channels, uh, social media, uh, web presence. We have a number of customers that have never stepped inside any of our branches. The brick and mortar aspect of that and being able to reach our customers and be able to provide them the ease of doing business is changed. And we just need to make sure that we're aware of that moving forward to stay relevant. I was a speaker at a conference in Vancouver a couple of years ago where uh, a person from uh, BMO, Bank of Montreal, got up and said, just in the British Columbia and Yukon Territory, so essentially that's, what, 5 million people in that whole market space, let's say, 6 million people, uh, that there were 1.5 million less branch visits to their branches in the year 2017. So clearly the branches are going away, but the need for money never goes away. Uh, the person that's out here that's running their own business says, okay, I'm not very technical. That's where you fit in. The person out here that says, all right, this whole thing is changing. What do they need to know to navigate it? Um, they're getting banged on the door. They're getting opportunities. The, I think the worst thing is that the small business person has too many options to get into a debt over their eyeballs. Oh, sure. You know, and, and they're constantly getting bombarded with solicitations. And you don't, uh, need, you don't need a bank branch to get into debt. No, no, not at all. Now, when we were in college, uh, if you remember the tables and tables, they were giving away two liters of pop. If and you signed up for a credit card. Signing up for a credit card, you know, soliciting college students that don't have any way to pay that back. Mm-hmm. And that was 30 years ago when, when right. you and I were in school. Right. And so you're, you're right. There's no shortage of, of opportunities that are out there. But I think it still gets back. And for your listeners, uh, what's important is, is building that relationship. You know, you want to know your doctor. You want to know an attorney. You want to know a good banker because there's going to be a period of time where you're going to be in a situation where you may need to have a face-to-face that, that is kind of important on, on the direction of, of how your life is going. And those, those three types of people uh, are important people. So you, you're just not calling a 1-800 number saying, hey, I've got this uh, health issue that I'm really not sure about and, and trying to get it on web.com or WebMD just I, isn't the way to go. Certainly, I agree. I've used you and I as the example, which is why I brought you on right here. I was in a, I was in a little fix a couple different times, and I called Jim and said, hey, I need some money fast. And uh, that's that relationship matters. Okay, you're not only a bank guy, you are the CEO and president of your bank. You have 70 employees. All right, you run a business just like the people listening to this. What have you learned? What did you like? What was the biggest surprise? You came in, you're like in your late 20s when you came back to the home, the family business. What what like struck you all at once then in your first year? Like, oh, crap, I didn't know this. Well, I think the the importance of, of the banking industry as a whole. I thought it was just transactions, collecting deposits and cashing people's checks and helping them make change. Uh, when I first came back, obviously, I knew it was a little bit more than that. But I, I found out through some some schooling that I had, and, and one was very, very influential uh, on my career moving yeah, you've forward. Got, you, you said you went to a University of Illinois uh, seminar as a beginning when you were starting out in your banking career, and the professor asked everybody what you do, and the people are saying, oh, we do commercial lending. Oh, we do mostly agricultural lending. Oh, we just mostly stick with the, uh, the, the, the private financing. We do this. And the instructor said... 
Well, you said, you, you know, you really are all in the same business, and that's the dream fulfillment business. And what he meant by that was is, is we're helping people either uh, start their business, buy their first home, save for their college education, save for their retirement so they can buy their, their dream home in Florida or, or uh, whichever retirement area that they're looking for, Arizona, as you, as you hang out in. And so when you put it in that context, uh, it really adds value for what we're trying to get accomplished on a day-to-day basis basis when I'm inter- interacting with, with customers to try to help them meet and exceed their dreams. Yeah. And so in doing that, you're, you, you have a pretty good uh, vision about this. You're like, hey, you know, uh, I understand every day what we do. It's not about uh, a quarter of a point or you know, 25 basis points on this. It's really about how can I help this person uh, get their business uh, you know, on its feet or get it going or prosper or whatever. So what about the successful business? What about the person that's listening that says, hey, man, I'm successful. What, what do I need to know? You know, you guys are talking uh, about like starting out. What do I need to know? I'm 50 years old and I've got money. What do I need to know then? Well, then, you know, how do you keep it, right? You know, what are the, what are the keys to, to maintaining and growing that wealth that you've been able to achieve up to that point? Uh, it's a never-ending battle. Uh, people can get sideways in a hurry uh, when it comes to, uh, I didn't have money before, but I do have money now. Uh, and I've seen people go through a lot of money in a short period of time just because they aren't used to managing and understanding how to manage their wealth. Uh, If you look at the lottery winners, uh, as an example, how many of those go bankrupt within a short period of time just because they don't understand how to manage money? And I think that's where a financial advisor uh, or a a skilled banker could be able to help out to create that path. for long-term success. I have a whole chapter devoted to it in my book, by the way, folks. If you've not read it, you can also get it on Audible. It's Do Business Better. It's obviously a hardback book. It's on Audible. It's also on Kindle. You can get it in all three formats. Heck, if you know what, if you don't even, you can just call me. You can just go on my website and call me, and I'll figure out a way to get a book in your hands. You can send me a check if you don't know, if you're not comfortable going on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com. Got a whole chapter called No Money, as in K-N-O-W, or you'll have no money, because it's just that important. So I'm talking to my good friend, Michael Zahn, who I've known since kindergarten, who is my banker. And we're telling you how to have a successful business and use your bank. Okay, what else do we need to tell people? Okay, we talked about the mistakes they make. What do you see things do? What, what, what do you see people do right? Well, I think, uh, you know, in general, people are hard workers. If, if you work hard, good things are going to happen. Uh, to just expect success uh, because you have a good idea. Uh, because uh, you feel you're, you're, you're meeting a niche or there's a good marketplace for, for whatever your, your business is trying to serve, uh, hard work still gets it done. Okay, hard work gets it done. Financial prudence versus imprudence. Uh, and that means uh, if you don't understand stuff, go and have a relationship with a banker. They'll help you uh, handle your money stuff. What else do you see people do right? What are, what are like some of your success stories? You've got a lot of business clients. What, are they, what do you see when you look at someone without using any names that you're saying, hey, man, this person really gets this right? Well, I think, I think more times than not, and, and that is the same thing for our business here, your most valuable asset is your people. You have to be a good manager of the talent around you uh, and, and utilize and, and maximize their talents for your success. And so getting the right people in the right seats, have everybody rowing the right direction, to know the mission that, that, that the business is, is looking towards and, and trying to get accomplished. And so uh, it, it's always managing the talent pool that you have. And in, 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 in today's environment, that's tough. When you talk about an unemployment rate that's, that's really low, uh, a lot of turnover, a lot of volatility in, in the employment field, uh, in the workforce, that's, that's where it becomes talent. If you look at successful businesses, they're surrounded by people that 
have been with them for an awful long time. Yeah, you know, I've had that's been a recurring theme when I've had uh, when I've had uh, some discussions, and obviously I do speaking to corporate groups, and I I talked to some uh, <clears throat> I talked to some you know really successful people, and that was the one thing they talked about was uh, they have some really loyal long term employees that uh, that put, they put them in a role that suits them, and also they uh, take feedback from them. I always uh, I always tell people that that I have the 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 privilege of working with. 70 to 75 great employees. Uh, I don't have 70 to 75 employees working for me. Uh, I have that privilege of getting to work with them. Okay, so you run you run the bank, and it's a business, and then everybody out here that runs their own business says, okay, I ask a question, okay, what did you get wrong? What, where, where have you gotten something wrong? What did you get wrong? Well, I think that... Um You've been at it for 25 years now. You surely can say, and if you don't want to admit, that's fine. You know, we're talking about other businesses get wrong. Is there anything you got wrong? Well, I think one thing, we, especially in the banking, the banking industry, uh, generally they say your first loss is your best loss. And we've had situations where I've had relationships with individuals, and, and, you, and you get emotionally engaged with these, these customers, and you want them to be successful. And things start to turn south, and... Sometimes you you ride you ride them down you ride down the the the, uh, the elevator shaft with them uh, or the roller coaster on the way down or uh, uh-huh. the, the uh, ship you, is sinking and you don't get off soon enough and that's probably one of the challenges that we have is is you you hope that they can turn it around and and sometimes you can't see the the, the headlights coming at you and and stay on stay on it a little bit too long <laughs> right okay so you're the thing you've gotten wrong is there's been times when you took a loss because you uh, but you know what in the old thing in banking if you don't make any bad loans it means you're missing out on a lot of good ones absolutely absolutely it's you know loans are going to go bad that happens and there's nothing wrong with that we're in the risk industry industry so that's just one of those things that that, that does happen and occur but sometimes you have to separate yourself from the the relationship a little bit and say hey this is going to be best for both of us i think we're i think we're done here business person comes into you and they've got a thriving business and they say we think we can expand we need a couple million dollars uh is your bank is your bank the couple million dollar kind of place or does that mean is that too big for you uh, based on our size you know we have relationships up to about 10 million and so we have the ability to to handle 95 percent of uh the, the the business customers that are out there we're not going to be you know loaning money to gm anytime soon up in fort wayne sure, right but you know for for the other ten thousand commercial customers in the in the the northeast indiana i'm sure they we would have enough means to be able to meet their expectations okay i say it in my book i say it all the time you need a formal business plan to borrow money you do not need a formal business plan to make money i've never had a formal business plan i've had goals i've had objectives i've had to-do lists i've i've had vision i've never had a formal business plan what if i come into you as a business person and i don't have a formal business plan do i still get the loan Potentially. You know, uh, I think you and I look at formal business plans or strategic plans the same. I don't know that they have a lot of value. Where I believe that a business plan adds value to a potential borrower isn't for the bank, but it is for the borrower. So they understand their their financial consequences. Because once again, we had an individual come in and saying, hey, I want to start a restaurant. And I said, well, how many tables do you have? Let's go through the math. And so basically, they after we went through the math, they would have to be open for about 42 hours a day to be able to make any money, which obviously... (laughs) 
obviously <laughs> isn't even possible because you you know the cost per meal, right. you, know, you know the number of times you can turn a table. And he said, oh yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And so the business plan is the numbers for the individual. Where that common mistake is they get blinded by the passion, the focus. Yeah, they get and excited. The love. They get excited about that, and it's this whole dream. You know, uh, my buddy Larry Wingett says in one of his books, he says uh, everybody has this idea that they have this dream they're going to start their own business. It's the dream. He says, hell, for most people, it's a nightmare. You know, he's like, you're, you're working all the time. You left your cushy job where you had a guaranteed pay. You had guaranteed vacation time. You had a retirement structure. And now you're out here uh, twisting in the wind every day trying to make your own thing happen. So really, from a business plan standpoint, I was talking about like uh, putting out what's going to happen seven years from now is ridiculous. It's just something that you can't predict, especially in a rapidly evolving marketplace. But you're saying most important thing to do when they come in and need a loan, they say, all right, map out what the actual money looks like. Sure. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? You might love selling uh, tacos, but yeah. yes. But until you can actually make the thing make sense, uh, all the tacos in the world aren't going to make you make sense unless you know you can actually pencil it out, right? Right. Unless you're wanting to work 90 hours a week to make no money. One piece of advice, knowledge, personal lesson anyone can apply to their life and business that you've learned sitting in your seat as the CEO and president of Community Bank. Well, what's interesting, you, you asked that question, and it goes back to when we were in kindergarten together. Uh, if people could just understand the difference between wants and needs, uh, and I see it every day and, and talk to a lot of school students from elementary all the way through the high school and try to instill in them, understand the difference between what's a want and what's a need. If you have a need, you can borrow money for a need. If you have a want, save your money and then buy it. There's nothing wrong with owning a, a Corvette or, or uh, an Escalade, but it still gets you from point A to point B. It's just $100,000 from point A to point B. And, and so now just save for your wants and you can borrow for your needs. And that's if, if the population could get their arms around that, which they never will, then that would probably be the key to success. His name's Michael Zahn. He's my banker, and I wanted him to sit down with me to talk to me about your business so that you would actually have a better understanding and a good feel for your own banking. You're always going to need money. You're, you know, that's why we're in this thing. That's why we're in this business. And uh, it was my goal today to give you a little banker perspective. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Damien. It's always a pleasure. Uh, until next time, keep doing business better.